once I saw all these other women like absolutely killing it in business and showing up as themselves and not trying to be a brand um, in terms of like a faceless brand, which is what I was for the first two years, suddenly my eyes opened. I was like, this is a thing, like a real thing. Are you ready to say yes to your wealthiest and most abundant life, overflowing bank accounts, and a deep sense of inner fulfillment? If you are, then you are definitely in the right place. Welcome to the Girl Unfiltered Podcast. Hello, lovelies, and welcome back to the Girl Unfiltered Podcast. When you are listening to this, I will officially be on maternity leave and I'm really going to allow myself to just be in that space of being, waiting for that transition and allowing myself to just nest and rest as much as I possibly can. But I did record some beautiful, powerful interviews for you ahead of time. One of them being today with the incredible Stephanie White from By The Way Creative. I honestly had so much fun recording this episode with her. I laughed so much and found a lot of similarities in our story as well. And the reason that I had her come onto the podcast is not only because she's created an amazing business and agency for herself, but because she is a master copywriter. And I know that At some point in your business, you are going to have to write. You're going to have to connect with your audience, whether that be on social media or in your emails. And yes, we can always hire somebody else to do that for us. But often in the beginning, that's something that you want to uh, be doing yourself or finding a way to connect with your audience yourself on some level is going to be important. It's going to play an important role in your business. It's actually a part of my business that I really enjoy doing myself. And so I invited her to come on to share with you some of her amazing tips, tools, techniques, and, and just the awareness that she has when it comes to connecting with your audience through the written word. And this interview definitely won't disappoint because she is just such a fountain of knowledge. So here is a little bit about Stephanie. She is definitely a word nerd. She would say that herself. She's a copywriting mentor. Uh, She's a passionate vegetarian and she loves rescuing animals. And over the last five years as an entrepreneur, she's written for Boss Babe, for Thrive Global, for her Hampshire. And she's been featured in the likes of Marie Claire and The Mail Online. Um, She started out as a freelancer at 23 years old, and she has built a community of ambitious, creative copywriters. She now has a multi-six-figure copywriting agency for female entrepreneurs specifically and service-based businesswomen. So, so much value, so much knowledge to be shared within this interview. I'm going to let you just dive straight in now. Welcome back to the Girl Unfiltered podcast. I'm really excited to introduce Stephanie White from By The Way Creative. Hi, Stephanie. How are you feeling today? I am so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for joining us all the way from the UK. It's probably evening time for you right now. 
It is. I'm having a lasagna baked for me by my dutiful husband. So it's perfect timing pre-supper. <laughs> Love that. What better time to actually schedule a podcast interview because what better excuse to have him cook you dinner? <laughs> I know, no cooking or washing up for me or dog mum duties. I'm off the hook. <laughs> there you go. They're, they're my biggest duties in the evening. It's either dog walk, making sure the dog's pooped and cooking and cleaning. But we share it too. And I think we'll actually get into that at some point in the podcast because I know your your husband's an entrepreneur, so is mine. And that's really interesting to live in a household with both partners being in that position. But before we do, I really want the listeners to get to know you and a little bit more about your story because you own a copywriting agency. One of the big reasons I'm excited to have you on today. So what has that journey been like being an entrepreneur to then actually having your own agency? Yeah, it's it's so crazy. And I feel like for service providers, this is something that maybe we don't talk about enough, like that mm. that transition. Because at some point you're probably on your own. Yeah. And then you moved to, to being an agency. So um the story for me was kind of I've always been good at English. That's like all I'm good at. I can't count. I don't know my times tables. I have no idea about the periodic table. Not a thing. <laughs> I don't either. I mean, isn't it normally one or the other? <laughs> yeah, left brain, right brain. And depending on who I speak to, left's creative or sometimes it's strategic or whatever. But either way, yeah, normally we're mm. we're kind of more creative or more logical. Yeah. Definitely always been the more creative side of things. So left university having done English literature I was like oh I I'm going to be a journalist I'm going to be a teacher I'm going to be this I'm going to be that had all these ideas ended up actually in a very middle of the road marketing job Mm. where I liked about 50% of the work that I did and unsurprisingly most of that was the copy Mm. I at that time had never come across entrepreneurship had never heard of freelancing like my dad had done some consulting and that was about the closest thing I had ever come to to entrepreneurship wasn't something I was brought up with at all so when I met my now husband and I was in this job that I really didn't like and I said to him that I was miserable and he could obviously see that I was miserable he was like well if you could do anything what would you do the important thing to note about him is that he's never been employed <laughs> I feel like our stories are so freaking similar. Oh, really? Which I share with you the same thing happened with me and my husband. Yeah. Did it? Oh, I love this because yeah. I never get to hear this side yeah. of it where yeah. it's normally like a balance, isn't it? Where one person's employed and the other one's like, I'm following my no. dreams. Yeah. <laughs> so carry on, but I'll get to my version in a minute. I have to know now. I have to know. Um, yeah. So he's, he said to me, "What if you could do anything, what would you do? Like it was a choice, which was yeah. utterly bizarre having been funneled through this like super academic route my whole life I was like Mm. oh I I get a choice okay I'm cool so my answer is right I would like to write he supported me in quitting my job I moved in with him and I literally remember googling I say this to everyone I actually remember the day I googled how to make money from writing online I love it I love that what a great memory to have (laughs) yeah I was (laughs) I was sat at the dining table in my flat like my life can't be like this anymore. I have to, Mm. I have to do something. So yeah, that's how I ended up basically doing freelance copywriting. My my first three clients were from a LinkedIn post that my husband had put on, um, on LinkedIn, um, all through referral, the most random businesses you could imagine I worked with for like the first 18 months to two years. At about the two year mark, things got totally out of hand in that I had more clients than I knew how to cope with. I didn't have any systems in place. I had like no formal business training, And it was at that point that I was like, right, I have to either choose now 
go back into corporate, I might be making 10K more a year, given the experience I've got, but probably not not much more. Or I'm just going to have to learn how to do this on a big scale. Mm. I chose the latter option. (laughs) How did it feel to choose that? Like you made a conscious decision, but what was the feeling behind it? Um, it was, it, to be honest, it felt a bit like just stepping off the edge of a cliff. Yeah. I can only imagine. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like this is going to go so right or so horribly wrong, that it's going to be one of those like breakdown stories of my life. (laughs) Uh, thankfully it went well. I invested in the right help really early on, which I'm really happy with. Like I I got business coaches really early. I just accepted that there's things I don't know and I have to pay to find them out. And that's cool. Big lesson and big takeaway there for every listener. You invested early on instead of trying to figure out what, how many years do you think it actually would have taken you to figure it out on your own compared to just investing in that? Not years. <laughs> it wouldn't have been years. It would have been months. Mm, yeah. If I had just, if I had just, if I had known that this world of female entrepreneurship and business coaches existed six months in, totally different story. I would have had an agency probably within the first year. Oh, okay. Sorry. I framed my question wrong. So you, what uh, I meant was like, how long would it have taken you to figure all of this out by yourself? Oh my goodness. <laughs> I don't think I'd know now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I, yeah, sorry. No, I, I really, I don't think I'd even know. I'd even know now. Like yeah. the, the jump I, I shared actually the, the financials um, of this on um, a live I did on Instagram ages ago, where like the first two years I was in business, I think my income increased by £2,000 between year one and year two. Compared to the corporate job, or you mean between year one and year two? Year one and year two of freelancing okay. as a copywriter. Yeah. Year three, I think the phrase that I had to actually Google it, um, was my income quintupled <laughs> in year three when I was five five x five times yeah. Yeah. yeah when I had a business coach I'd invested in courses um I had a VA I was bringing in new team members I was launching online programs wow. like that I think that's so important for people to see that I didn't invest five times as much but mm-hmm. I made five times as much like they don't correlate Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't agree more. And also what I love about that is also a reminder, you were in year three when that happened. And the only reason I highlight that is because when you're at the starting gate and you are starting to figure it out, and even before you invest or while you're investing, because there's a process of even knowing who to invest in and what you're doing, you know, it can feel like you have such a mountain to climb. When is it going to work? And then you're comparing yourselves to yourself to people who are three, five, six, eight, 10, 20, even years in. I used to compare myself to Marie Forleo. I'm like, Helena, she has been in this How can I? <laughs> for so long. Like your videos are not going to look the same as her. Um, but it's just a reminder that like, there's so much going on behind the scenes for all of us entrepreneurs and business owners that you don't hear about. So don't compare yourself to somebody's chapter, you know, chapter 10 compared to chapter one. No, like you can use it as motivation, like Mm. looking at those people and thinking, cool. So that is what is possible Yeah, with the hard work and the dedication that I'm putting in right now and getting myself ever closer to that point. Um, but yeah, using it as like a stick to beat yourself with is entirely counterproductive. It's more about like, just, okay, what are they doing that you love? Which parts of that can you do right now? 
because you can't do all of it and you don't have a team or a videographer or a photographer following you around but are they doing live video well you can do that there's no barrier to you to you doing that it's like picking yeah. the things that you can see other people doing and doing that I think those first two years I didn't have anybody to look at Mm. to inspire me in that way because I just didn't even know this world existed so as soon as I realized it was there it's like that that whole NLP example of the guy that ran the first um four minute mile and then it's been broken so many times since then yeah exactly exactly it's just like that once I saw all these other women like absolutely killing it in business and showing up as themselves and not trying to be a brand um in terms of like a faceless brand which is what I was for the first two years suddenly my eyes opened I was like this is a thing like a real thing yeah. And when you made those investments, curious, did you look for people who specifically had built copywriting or writing businesses or were you looking for mindset support or general business structure? I'm just curious what that's like for some people who are trying to figure that out for themselves right now. Where do I put my money? Where do I put my investment? Yeah, that's a great question. So I think you do need to have an element of the mindset side for sure, because you can only, even if you've got someone really experienced telling you how to grow your business, you won't believe it's possible or take the confident steps to do it unless you also have the mindset back up. So they can be the same person, but often they're different. Um, for me at the time, there were not very many copywriting mentors. Um, there's a lot more now and I, I am now one of them, <laughs> Yeah, but there wasn't that many. So I just looked for people that had been in service provision anyone that had like been a social media manager and transitioned into being a coach or been a marketer and moved into being a coach. Cause I thought at the very least they understand when they give me homework after a one-to-one coaching session, they know I'm fitting that around client work. Mm. I'm not just like, I don't have abundant time to, to spend on my marketing. I still have to serve my clients first and I'm always going to come second. And at least they, they get that. Yeah. So that, I think that was a game changer for me was someone who'd been through what I'd been through. Now I probably wouldn't make the same choice, but definitely early on in my business, that's the right road to go down. Yeah. And obviously I'm an advocate for the mindset is just as integral as the strategy side. That's what I preach. And I'm curious, did you come up across some money mindset beliefs? Because there you are transitioning out of the corporate world. As you said, that's all you'd known. It's probably all you'd known when it came to making money. And here you are suddenly you're also becoming the face of it. You know, your worth and your value is starting to come into play. How did that feel for you? I remember being so confused at the beginning, transitioning from a place where I got my monthly paycheck emailed to me and here is the money. I open my bank account and it's right there to suddenly having complete responsibility. For me, that was really, I found that really hard, like understanding how much of this is tax? How how much of this do I get to keep? So I built this really terrible relationship with money where I would ignore it because I told myself I didn't understand it because I'm not good at maths, which I'm you know really okay with saying, but I translated that into I'm not good with money. I don't know how to manage money. Yeah. So I just pretended it wasn't there. I didn't, I never did um, you know, any kind of stats running. I never looked at like where my ROI was. I never looked at which packages were bringing in the most money. The only thing I ever focused on was when I hit a benchmark. So like, oh my goodness, first 5k month, first 10k month. But I didn't look at why that had happened or how yeah. I was going to make it sustainable. So that I think that would would have been my key money mindset problem at the beginning was just distancing myself from it because I told myself I didn't understand. 
Yeah. And you're not alone. That was actually one of my biggest money blocks. And it's actually one of the top five that I see in my work. And I talk about this in my program, Tap Into Your Inner Rich Babe. It's like one of the modules in there because when you tell yourself you're not good with money or I'm a terrible money manager, you do that, you ignore it. And then what does that say to your relationship with money? Actually, I don't want you. I don't want to spend time with you. I don't know how to manage you. I don't know how to deal with you. And so when you actually start facing that, and I'm curious to hear how you did that, you open yourself up to receive more money because now you feel safe receiving it versus if more comes, I have no idea what the hell I'm going to do with it. I don't feel safe and trust myself. So did you take action with hiring support, learning about that? What what did that look like for you? Yeah, that's an awesome question. So I think the first thing I did was a purely strategic thing was, okay, I don't like looking at it, but someone has to. <laughs> so, so who can look at it for me? So initially yeah. I had my husband help me with um, like, you know, tax related stuff, UK tax related stuff. I was like, that was the step, first step. Um, and then I just hired an accountant. Mm. So I was like, because this has to be being managed. And at least if I can sit back and I don't have the underlying anxiety of the money's not being managed, the money's not being managed. I have allowed that to be dealt with somewhere else. And then if I have questions, I know that I actually have someone I can go to as opposed to not asking any questions, not looking anywhere and pretending it's not happening. Mm. That was the first thing. And then the second thing was doing some of that mindset work, like really unpicking my money story. Like I said, I came from a really traditional family where my dad had the high power job. He was out at work. My mum predominantly looked after us. She had some part-time work and money was like a contentious thing. Someone had more than the other and blah, blah, blah. So I unpicked all of that stuff to try and work out why I was being so aversive with money and, and healing those kind of stories. Yeah. Uh, I love that you share that because obviously it's what I'm passionate about and it's such an integral part of the journey. Um, husband for the win, by the way, I keep hearing mentions of how he supported you through those transitions. And I just love it. Like same thing happened with me with my husband when the entrepreneur world existed in the way that it did. And I'll never forget the day that we sat down for lunch one day. And, uh, he just looked at me with that look that was like piercing. (laughs) He says like, okay, so when are you going to write your book? When are you going to make a business out of this? I was like, what? (laughs) I feel called out. (laughs) I was like, okay, um, I guess that's a thing. And I had no idea what landing pages were, what funnels were. It's so funny. Yesterday, he found a video of us in our old apartment with me. I I didn't actually live with him at the time. It was his apartment. And um, it was me launching my first ever landing page and it was a $7 offer and he had coached me through how to create it. And I'm like, oh my God, look at us now. What the hell? <laughs> oh, it's so important to have those memories, I think. And like yeah. looking looking back on them as a couple or, or on your own is so valuable. Like, I think if you're in the early stages of your business, please take photos of everything because yeah. there's so much. I, I regret that I didn't document. We... <laughs> we had in this bedsit that me and my husband lived in when we first met there was like a spare room which was basically meant to be like a a closet a wardrobe yeah yeah. but we put two desks in and one of us had to get in the desk first before the other one because when we were both sat down our chairs were touched so if somebody had got in first the other person couldn't get in (laughs) I love having these photos to look back on like that is where it started 
I love that too. Oh my God. Yeah. Seeing like this old red sofa where I launched the thing from, I'm like, oh my God, like this is so, it's such a good memory to have. And so I would love to talk about that, like living in a household with two entrepreneurs. And it sounds like you met him obviously very, very early on in that journey. I, as as I did with my husband as well. Um, what has that growth looked like for both of you to be on that journey together, but also doing your own thing? Um, you used the word interesting in the introduction. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I feel that in my soul. We've been, we've been together six years and my, and my business is nearly six years old. Yeah. Um, that, so it, that feels like an awfully long time. And, and the reason why is that like I said, with like my parents, there was one person who was the the high intensity earner and the other person had like the domestic role. Yeah. And I feel like most relationships that that's one way or the other. One person has the uh, financial responsibility and the other person has the domestic. What is really interesting in an entrepreneurial relationship or in our case, an entrepreneurial marriage is that where that period for you know, traditional couples in the past would last like 20 or 30 years. Let's say that one person was at home doing caregiving or whatever. Um, For my husband and I, that flip-flops so fast. So I'm launching. So I am taking all of the work responsibility. That's like my head is in my desk. I get priority. I get looked after. He does the cooking. He does the cleaning. He takes all of those responsibilities and then vice versa. What is the difficult thing is either when those periods are extended. So a good example is the beginning of this pandemic. Mm. My husband works in property, Mm. which is a generally client-facing role. So that was much harder for him. My job is online. So I ended up taking a lot of responsibility for a lot longer period, just like he did at the very beginning, like six years ago of my journey. That can be when it is hard. And the other time it can be hard is when both of you have something really, really important that you're investing an awful lot of energy into at the same time. So if he has a project finishing whilst I'm wrapping up a launch, for example, it's so different to me from any relationship I've ever experienced where you have to just be so communicative about where you're at and and how you're going to balance this and what you need from the other person. I feel like we have the deepest conversations and ha- have done from really early on, which was like refreshing and new, but still a constant balance that goes back and forth. Yeah. Communication is definitely key. And my husband has over the last few years, like really taught me just how important that is because he's, he's Puerto Rican heritage and he's like, we just say it how it is. Like we sit down, we talk about things, whereas the British culture is a bit more like, let's sweep this under the carpet. Let's wait. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Let's wait to have this conversation. And it's like interesting to play out that dynamic. Um, And I'm guessing that that's also meant that you've had to be really open about money in your conversations. And I'm guessing that was also a new thing for you. Oh, hugely, hugely. Like, full conversations about, you know, my tax bills coming up. I reckon it's going to be about this much or, you know, I need to be prepared for X or no, I don't have the money to invest in that right now because I'm choosing to do this. Like the the conversations were really different. Plus anything to do with like your living situation, obviously whether you're renting or, or buying a home, you have to have all of that stuff out on the table. When you're an entrepreneur, it's like 
all of your stuff on the table. Mm-hmm. Like it's not just your paycheck, it's everything, like mm-hmm. how much money you're making, how much you're taking in a salary, et cetera. So we have full financial clarity. And I actually love that you asked that question because it's for so long been like that, that I've kind of not thought about just actually like, yeah, I literally know how much everything costs that he does and that I do and whatever it, it we have to be super open about it but even if like because I know some people listening might be feeling well I'm not in a double entrepreneur relationship but I think that's important no matter what your relationship is no matter what the dynamic is because I think that's where money mindset blocks and issues can easily arise or resentment especially can arise if you're not being open about that you're in a partnership yeah. I mean once you get married obviously it's a, it's that's more so important but it's important i think for you to be open about money otherwise it creates blocks and resistance yeah 100% i love what you said there about like resistance because if you don't have those communications and you don't have those conversations it kind of like longs out for such a long period of time that you can feel that some of those emotions are like part of their personality or part of your personality so you start to see the person entirely differently Mm. from actually maybe how they see themselves or how they want to be represented when you have constant back and forth communication I think you start to understand that people are active and reactive in situations and you might only be exemplifying certain behaviors because of how you're feeling in this moment right now but if you talk about it you can be released from that moment and go back to being the person that yeah that they love and, and whatever it's when you don't talk about it you continue to hold that emotion to the point where it almost becomes a behavior I could not agree more. And you're just making me think of how much I've had to learn to do that even recently, because I'm obviously going on maternity leave. So that brings up a whole new dynamic of around money and around roles and, and, and having to be really clear on what our roles are going to be in that transition. And I've learned now if something is coming up for me, because for me, it's sometimes just, it's just a thought, it's just a passing belief. But instead of sitting in it by myself, I go, Hey, I'm just letting you know, I'm feeling this fear at the moment. I'm feeling Mm. this anxiety a little bit at the moment and we'll talk through it, but it's just actually expressing it. So he knows what's going on within me. It dilutes the feeling rather than me creating a whole story around it, around who he is or who I am. So I just love that the, the message from this is communication, communication, communication. Yeah. Yeah. And I think this ties so much into copywriting, but saying what you need is really important. So like you said there, I'm having this anxiety or I'm having this fear and then following up with like the call to action. So (laughs) I'm feeling like this. So please, can you hug me? I'm feeling like this. I don't want to talk about it. I just want to watch TV with you and and like, let's forget about it. Or the other side, I'm feeling like this is making me feel like all these horrible things. Do you have capacity right now for like 20 minutes or I I can just talk this out? I know I'm being irrational, but I need to walk through the steps. Like actually giving somebody, instead of just telling them the emotion, but giving them the, yeah. And could you just yeah. <laughs> do Especially this? Especially a man, like love them to pieces, yeah. but they do want a call to action because they're <laughs> like, what do I do with this? Do you need this? Do you need that? <laughs> they want to fix well, when everything. Said, <laughs> when you said about Brits as well, about like what Brits are like. So <laughs> my husband is like fully, fully British. <laughs> I I didn't move here till later in life. And my, half of my family is German. So I'm like half okay. and half. So I feel like I'm the worst combination sometimes and my delivery is so direct, but I'm also doing the British thing of making it sound 
as unimportant as possible (laughs) at the same time. So I must be so hard to communicate with. Oh my God. I never even thought about that, but it's so true. Like, like instead of being real, like, I'm really feeling this. It's like, yeah, it's not a big deal, but I'm kind of feeling this. But I kind of feel like you don't love me anymore and you're planning to leave. Not like it's a big deal, but I just think that. So do you want a cup of tea? <laughs> oh my God. That's so true. It makes me actually miss home a little bit just, just to witness. Oh no, don't miss <laughs> those kinds of conversations it's like I resonate with it so much because I could just think back to times in my childhood where you witnessed that so much mm-hmm. um, it's not like that in my house so let me tell you with a Puerto Rican husband and me having turned very much more American in my style of delivery the emotions but, are flowing the CTAs yes. are wafting around <laughs> I just wanted to press pause for a moment to let you know that I have created a very powerful free money magnet bootcamp for you that you can access right away. This is a three-part video series that's going to support you in really uncovering what your money mindset blocks are and bringing awareness to those hidden money blocks so that you know what you need to do in order to break free from them and step into a new level of wealth and abundance. I break it all down and bring so much juicy awareness to your inner subconscious beliefs around money during this three-part video series. And you can access it and dive straight in immediately when you hit on the link below in the show notes that say, join my free Money Magnet Bootcamp. I'm really excited to support you in there. But let's talk about communication because it's obviously one of the big reasons I have you on here is you're a master at communication. That's why your clients hire you. It's why your agency has grown so well. So let's talk about copywriting because at any stage in your journey, like no matter what your business is, at some point you are going to have to use the tool of copywriting. Mm-hmm. So where do I even begin? I'm like, what even question do I ask you to begin? Because it's such a big, broad thing. But what would you love to share with the listener when it comes to supporting them if they're feeling like they're just not a writer, they don't think it comes easily to them, and it's one of those things that they really struggle with? Yeah, yeah, that's, I love that we can dig into this. So the first thing is that most people are not a natural writer. So be okay with that. Like the vast majority of people don't find it natural and copywriting is even harder because you're talking about yourself and then it's even harder because you're trying to make money off the back of it. So know that it's okay that there's all these layers going on with copywriting that make you feel ick, cool, except the ick, everyone else is feeling it, you're not alone. The other part is that, especially when you're a business owner, that thing that I said there about like making money from it, the sales element is the bit that we we really make it so much more than mm. than what it is. And we have to, we attach all these feelings to what the copy needs to produce for us that we lose any semblance of true connection and personality within the copy because we're just focusing on the aim. And like you see sales psychology tips, et cetera, for copywriting. And like, it's like when you read something that's been geared just for SEO, it reads like a robot wrote it because yeah. you're just following the formula. Um, So I have a three-step signature system that I take people through when I'm teaching them how to write their own copy. It's connect, convert, 
caffeinate and it's in that order caffeinate oh where is this going (laughs) oh well I feed coffee through all of my branding which I will get to in the caffeinate part you see do you know that do you know that (laughs) It, um, it, it all makes sense so connect is the first part and this is the bit that you actually do before you do any writing people are like what I don't actually do any writing for the first bit I'm like yep who are you talking to how well do you actually know them? Like, who is the ideal client? Sit down and think about all of the things that are part of their journey. So their professional background, their personal background, where they're at in business. Then look at your journey, your professional background, your personal background, where you're at in business now and where you've been and find the similarities. So generally we sell things to or provide help for people that we have been or problems that we have had. Mm -hmm. So find what those are, first of all. That's the most important thing. If you start with that, you're immediately on the right foot and you're going to be talking to people in the right way. Then we move to convert. When we look at convert, that's when we're trying to assess, okay, what would I have needed to hear when I was having that problem or when I was in that place in order to be enticed into buying something? So ask yourself, what were the pain points that you were suffering from and what were the outcomes you were looking for? And I say, try and do three of each. If you can do three of each, that's great. Three pain points that you were having at that point, three outcomes that you want. Is that the solution or is that the in, the before part of the solution? Pain points being the before, so yeah. the things you're suffering with and outcomes slash results being the where you would like to be right. on the other side of it. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so you w- this point you wouldn't be tying in any of the things that are in the program, for right, example. Okay. Yeah. Just the place that they would want to be when they didn't have those pain points anymore. Mm-hmm. Get super clear on those two things. And then you can look at, okay, in the offer that I'm providing right now, how does each thing that I've included in this methodologies I'm teaching, how, how does the experience I have allow this part to this result? Mm-hmm. Start to attach onto that of it. So the sales activity is not opening up a blank page and going, right, I'm going to write sales copy. It's actually a strategic process that you go through by connecting with your emotions and connecting with your ideal client. Mm-hmm. Are we at the caffeinate part yet? Yeah, so now we're at a caffeinate. Yeah. Okay. So the third and final stage of working your way through this three-step system for building your copy is the caffeinate stage. Now, this is the bit that we often get again tangled up in after we've done the sales copy and we realize like oh it sounds salesy yeah doesn't sound like me so caffeinate is then where you look at how you want to sound and what are the themes and the like running um I call them motifs that you want to have in your copy that make things sound like you really simple ones to look at how do you refer to your audience Do you have a name for them? Like, do you say, hey, babes, hey, lovelies, or do they have a branded name? Like I say, hey, copy grinders or hey, master grinders. Mm -hmm. That's the first place. Terms of endearment, start there. Then you can start looking at themes in terms of like adjectives. So I've chosen to have coffee as the theme that runs through all of my copy, which is annoyingly difficult to say. I should have thought about it (laughs) more. Coffee, yeah. Coffee and coffee is hard. But if I want to talk about something being exciting, I get to call it steamy. I get to call it frothy. I get to call it caffeinated because I've tied myself to that theme and motif. So then it makes it really easy for me to go through the copy I've written, change out some of the adjectives. 
Yeah. Instantly that's starting to sound more like me. So that's the three, the three stages that I kind of take people through that take some of the mystery out of copy and makes it into a formula. No one is expecting you to write a sales page from end to end. You're going to start in the middle. You're going to build this section out, build that section out, become okay with the messiness and it will slowly come together as you walk your way through those three steps. It's great. So I've, I've a few questions. Well, firstly, it sounds like it all it all ties together because it it's like the first piece of the puzzle is your actual ideal client. And then you're connecting every piece of your puzzle and process to them. Because what mm-hmm. I love is that you ended with, okay, now we've talked through all of this. How does my specific program actually help this person? So it comes full circle, which I really love because it makes each piece of content, I, th- I suppose, feel actually meaningful to them. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's written for them. That's when you get the comments of like, OMG, you're in my head. Mm, yeah. So where would somebody begin with truly, not in a wishy-washy way, knowing who that ideal client is that they're speaking to? Because like, that's the first step. And I, I don't, yeah. it's surprising how many business owners are out there who do not still really fully know that. Yeah. So we actually have occasionally have clients that come to us and that's one of the things that they say, and they might be really, really successful, but they've got to this point or or a new offer where they've disconnected from who the ideal client is for it. Um, I would actually go and find someone who is going to be the guinea pig for it. So getting really clear on what are the, um, the things that you solve Okay, so if you're solving something, if you're providing a result, a solution, you should be able to work backwards from that and be like, okay, so I do know what pains they have. Let's build that out. So someone who's having these kinds of pains, let's say imposter syndrome or really wanting to make their first 5K month, whatever it is, get really specific on those. That will build you a picture of an actual person. Yeah. Then go to Instagram, try and find someone who's an example, or you may have already worked with them. Go and follow their content. Go and look at how they're speaking. What adjectives are they using to describe the way that they feel about stuff? How Mm. are they showing up? Can you see inconsistency on their feed? Can you see they don't do face to camera? Like what stuff can you find out about them just in that place? Then the other thing, and I love doing this. I know a lot of people find it a bit, they can find it a bit icky, but it's actually a fantastically bonding experience is doing market research calls Mm. Mm -hmm. and ask ask the questions, say like, where are you at right now? If you could have one thing solved for you today, how would you have that solved? Or if I was to produce the solution for you, how would you like to receive that? Do you like video content? Would you prefer a one-to-one environment? Like all the way back to basics, reconnect yourself with, oh, actually this person does not want to show up in a group program. That's actually not what they they want at all. And I just assumed that. So don't be afraid to like ask the questions and also stalk people. That is absolutely Mm -hmm. fine. (laughs) Yeah. And also if you don't want to do like actual, I mean, that's really valuable, but if you don't want to do actual like strategy, like research calls, and you want to take the pressure off of yourself when you're doing a quote unquote sales call or discovery call, think of that as oh my God, this is an amazing opportunity for me to get to know this person. I really want to put the focus on them. How can I learn about them and what their wants and their desires are instead of thinking, oh my God, I have to sell something here, which is a needy energy anyway. Mm -hmm. And then take those notes and use that, those notes is what I used to do. Use those notes in your copy and what you're creating. Yeah. hundred percent. Like questions you get on Instagram, like 
from yeah. for people that follow you that's a really good one I get lots from early stage copywriters and it'll be like a, a wide range of questions but it really highlighted to me in the creation of the mentoring that I do for copywriters like oh yeah gosh actually this isn't something that you get told and I actually do remember being in this position where no one told me this but I hadn't thought about putting it in this program and I'm like oh that's brilliant because that person's asked me I now know that's something really key I'm super lucky that because I run an agency, I have three copywriters around me all day. So I get to ask them a lot where I'm like, I'm thinking about putting this in whatever it is, the copy master grind or whatever for copywriters. And one of them will come back and be like, yeah, that's great. But I actually really struggle with procrastination. So that would be better if you could put that in. I'm like, thank you so much. That's awesome. You have your market research right there. Um, And with the motifs, as you call them, I think this is a brilliant idea because I think it, it, creates brand awareness on a whole new level I used champagne for a long time but I feel like my motif is changing now mm-hmm. um what how can somebody because yours just resonates for you fully I, I imagine there are some people who are like I have no idea what my motif would be what could be the research that they start doing to find that for themselves um, so it's the conversations that you have with like your friends and your partner. Yeah. It's the thing that you can talk about the most easily without any question. Like you can talk about it for days and days on end. Do not make it complicated mm-hmm. is one thing. And the other one that I just want to like put out there, because I've seen this happening a lot recently and I want to like reach out to people and be like, don't do that. <laughs> don't don't choose something that is culturally relevant now. So uh. like... I give the example of if you did um, Schitt's Creek, Mm -hmm. no one's going to know what that is in two years. Yeah. Yeah. If you did Pretty Woman or maybe Mean Girls, Mm. you're kind of okay. Or um, like like Elvis or Marilyn Monroe, like you're cool, you're safe. So wait, you could use Pretty Woman. I mean, that's my favorite movie. in your copy to create brand awareness. Is that what I'm hearing? <laughs> yeah, of course you could, 100%, because how can you tie the transformation that you're offering to the transformation that, because at the end of the day, any good story is a transformation story. Yeah. Princess Diaries. Hello. Yeah. Oh my God, I need to watch that. I'm adding that to my maternity leave list. <laughs> Do. The, the mirror scene is like iconic. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. iconic. Um, yeah, there's there's things in those a- any Disney story. Mm. It's a transformation, you know. Cinderella goes from the forgotten sister to marrying a prince. Like it's a transformation. So yeah, you can 100% use um, cultural things like that in your copy. So um, you know, I'm giving you the glass slipper. Yeah, that's going to make your dreams come true. Um, don't don't miss out on signing up because you know y'all are going to turn into a pumpkin at midnight. There's it's really easy then you know we didn't prepare that in that moment but they came to me really easily because it's something that's culturally relevant to me in terms of it's an old story that I can I can you know refer back to for short-term sales copy you can use things like song lyrics Mm. if something's in the charts at the moment that's a really good way of like getting in someone's head um I do tend to find any R&B hits from the 19s resonates pretty well with my audience okay so like you would take something that you're gonna say or a tagline or even a call to action but put infuse it with that lyric yeah absolutely the the key markers of a memorable tagline are alliteration rhythm or rhyme Mm, okay well 
don't reinvent the wheel. Someone else has probably alliterated something you could borrow. Rhythm just comes from something having like a nice, like iambic pentameter to it or whatever. And rhyme is most song lyrics. So these all exist and you can create stuff that's really memorable from just implementing those into your copy. So many ideas. And so would you stick to the same on-brand motif the whole time? Obviously you could add lyrics here and there, or would you make a motif specific to one launch or one program? So it's really cool making um, a launch specific, have its own motif. What you'll find is you have like an overarching theme between all of them. So like, don't go totally left field and like tomatoes is the theme <laughs> of one and you've always done cocktails or something and it's like totally out there. Yeah. But let's say you predominantly used cocktails as your theme so as your motif and across your brand you talk about like sitting back on a beach sipping a mojito is the theme that you give to people um getting all mixed up is the pain point and the negative or whatever then yeah you could have different cocktails or different experiences that are similar to the environment in which you would have a cocktail like Mm. the beach bum experience and it's you know the sand between your toes feeling of knowing that your launch is handled for you etc etc you can still extrapolate and pull it out and that's why I say don't make it too complicated keep it wide enough that there are strands that that come away with it there are little themes that you can see around it That information is so, so valuable. And like, it's definitely gotten my mind thinking even, you know, one of my programs is Money Mindset Magic. I'm like, oh, I could totally be using the theme of magic so much more. I like haven't been doing that. Um, So thank you for that. Um, What is one thing, I mean, you've kind of mentioned this before, um, one thing that you wish more people did with their copy or infused in their copy that you're like, oh, they're missing out on this. Um, so this is a polarizing one, but it is the reason that our clients come to us. And I think I have seen some really successful brands that have done this so well. I wish people wouldn't be scared of puns, jokes, making copy really light and kind of ridiculous and funny. I get so often in copy consultations when I say to people, what are brands that you would like always read the back of the packet or always read their newsletter? It's things like Oatly, Innocent Smoothies. It's the tongue-in-cheek, naughty, silly, punny copy. You're so right. I actually do read the back of those things. (laughs) Yeah, because you know you're going to be entertained. Yeah. And if you're entertained by a brand, what bigger compliment is there? You're going to read what they have to say. And it's not just because you know it's high value. Of course, high value is important, but the packaging is the thing that brings us in first of all. So I wish people wouldn't, because I I get it a lot on like copy clinics and stuff uh, in coaching programs where people say like, does it sound professional enough? Mm. Why would, why do you want to sound professional? Do you remember the the, the wording on the last insurance leaflet that got (laughs) put through your door? No, I'm going to rip it up. (laughs) It's boring. Yeah, because it's so boring. So how can you make what you talk about fun if you are not a natural joker how could you implement some kind of like memes or gifts into your copy this is all part of it so yeah that would be the one thing I'd say for for people is don't be afraid of like I am actually a loon and my copy is crazy I when I write for myself I do not hold back there is so much coffee stuff in there Mm. 
but it's the thing that that brings people to us and the thing that draws people in so yeah but it's memorable because I already knew that you were it was coffee like I knew that was the thing so it absolutely works and I can think of other brands I know who do exactly the same thing and it's giving yourself permission to have fun with it and be yourself you aren't trying to be professional you actually are building the no like and trust factor with somebody you want them to feel your energy and and let that come through in your copywriting even if there's grammatical error you know what it doesn't matter as much as actually somebody feeling who you are yep 100 percent. they they come for the copy stay for the value (laughs) (laughs) or come for the coffee stay exactly (laughs) stephanie it's been such a serious honestly joy to talk to you today i feel like we could have talked for another hour but it's time to say goodbye. It's time for me to also go make some food for this baby growing inside of me. Um, so where can people get to know you and just connect with you and, and learn from you as well? Yeah. So the, probably the best place is to come and find us on Instagram. So we're just at by the way, creative on Instagram, come and say hello. I do love a little DM chat. I'm fond of a voice note. Um, our website, if you want to go and grab, um, I've got a really good freebie on there that kind of coaches you through a bit like I've done today where I've talked you through a step process. If captions is where you're at with getting stuck on copy, which I know so many people, that's small space, big scaries. Um, I've got a 50 caption prompts and CTAs, uh, download that you can grab on our website, which is by the way, creative.com. Amazing. And we'll try to drop the link to that in the show notes below. Um, And it would be great. Like there's been so many takeaways from today, like screenshot that you're listening to this and tag me at girl underscore unfiltered and you at, at, by the way, creative. And like, just let us know what you took away from today and what your biggest aha moment was. We'd love to see that. I'd love that. Thank you so, so much for having me. It's been an absolute joy. Thank you, Stephanie. If you loved today's episode, please be sure to leave a review on iTunes and hit the subscribe button because women supporting women is my jam. And if you want extra daily doses of motivation, then be sure to follow me on Instagram at girl underscore unfiltered and go ahead and screenshot this episode. Send me a DM and share your biggest takeaway because I love hearing from you and I just really want to drop into your DMs basically. So I'm sending you so much love and abundance and have an amazing day.